friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren. And today on the podcast, I have Kate all with me, and we are going to dive into Pinterest. And I'm super excited to cover this topic and really get into the meat of it because this is something I get asked a lot. And Kate is a Pinterest expert. So welcome, Kate. Thanks for coming today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Can you kind of introduce yourself, tell people a little bit about your background and how you got so involved with Pinterest and what you do? Yeah. I started Simple Pin, which is our company, about seven and a half years ago. And that was really on a whim. I was doing some Facebook marketing and some blogging for a friend. And Facebook had just recently changed their algorithm at that time for business pages. So people were looking for a new place to get traffic. This was mid-2013. And Pinterest had just come on the scene about 3 years. And I'd been doing some marketing on Pinterest and really figuring it out and realizing that it could drive a lot of traffic. And that was primarily because our algorithm was still chronological. So it was, you know, the golden years as we like to refer to it. <laughs> That's like the golden years of every social media is when it's totally. Exactly. It's like I feel like after all these years we should learn that like the first few years of any new platform, like don't get comfortable. It's gonna change. So yeah. just enjoy the ride. <laughs> and that was really what people had experienced with Facebook was all of a sudden they were getting, you know, a quarter of the traffic they were getting. So in my personal life, we were actually experiencing a lot of financial crisis due to the really big recession that we were in. And we really didn't have any money. I have three kids and my husband couldn't find a job. And a friend said, you should manage people's Pinterest pages. And I said, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> Nobody's going to go for that. And she was like, you don't have any money. So what are you going to do? And I was like, well, she got a great point. Let's try it. So in 2014, I got three beta clients and said, let's see if this will actually work. If somebody managing your Pinterest account really being you is something that will translate to getting more traffic to your website. Because I knew business owners had so much on their plate, they just couldn't think about another platform. Even though then there was way less platforms than there are now, they still just couldn't process how to make this switch from Facebook to Pinterest. And so we dove in, started managing... And they loved it. They were getting really great results. And so that year, we really decided to invest in the business and go deep into Pinterest. And now almost 8 years later, we're still doing Pinterest marketing, monitoring the changes, still managing for clients too, and then teaching it as well. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think one of the reasons that I really love Pinterest for particularly like an Etsy shop where the reason that you're on the platform is because, you know, there is this built-in traffic. Pinterest works really a lot in the same way versus something like a social media where you're really having to bring your own audience in. Mm. And I feel like Pinterest is like one of the last the last ones that's still like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point and it really highlights how Pinterest is more like Google. It's more of a search and discovery platform. People go there 
not for the conversation. Whereas like Instagram, you do go there for the conversation. You go there for the brand awareness and the building of who you are and your product. Whereas Pinterest, you can get so many new users on a daily basis just simply by searching your product because they're not attached to a brand. They're attached to what they want and they're primed to move off the platform where something like Instagram, we're primed to stay in it. So that's what I really love about the difference with Pinterest for product sellers is the playing field is really leveled for everybody. And it's really how well you do at keywording, kind of similar to Google. Yeah, I think you make a really good point because people ask me that question a lot as a shop owner, like, particularly with Facebook and Instagram, you know, how do I get people from my Instagram account over to my Etsy shop? Or how do I build a Facebook business page and then get people to actually click over and then get them to actually buy from my Etsy shop? And a huge stumbling block with that is that somebody that's searching on Instagram is not necessarily looking for something to buy. I mean, we've all, you know, fallen prey to Instagram ads all the time. <laughs> sure. But they're not necessarily shopping specifically on Instagram. Whereas people do go to Pinterest to discover things to buy. Like that's their purpose, much like, you know, the way I talk about an audience on Etsy, like they're on the Etsy platform because they want to buy from Etsy. People Mm. are on Pinterest because they are browsing for things to shop for, things to plan for, you know, if they're planning a party or something and they're going to buy later. Yeah, exactly. So as a product-based seller, like how do we kind of utilize that traffic in the best way? There's a lot of content marketing on Pinterest. So how Mm -hmm. do you kind of change that conversation for a product-based business instead of something like a blog or like an influencer or something who's just putting out so much more content that people can read and stuff? Right. I think the number one way is you're going to have to position your products in a way where they are both... So I would start with images because that's what people are going to notice right away. Pinterest users are primed to just look at images and they don't really read what's below, which is the pin description. So I always say start with images and people want to see your product up close and then they want to see it in context. And Pinterest users, when they are looking for a product to purchase, whether it's a gift or for the house or for the everyday, they spend time gathering. So they will gather three to six months in advance before they actually make a purchase. They're really cold. They're not apt to just buy right away. And so you have to remember that your product is probably caught up in that system of people saving your pins for later because they think it's such a great product. They want to revisit it. They're not quite ready to buy. So we often tell sellers, if you can show the product up close and then you can show it in context, that really helps them see it in a different light, especially if you're the secondary piece using the right keywords so that when people come onto Pinterest and they're intentional about their searches, they put in what it is your product is and they could potentially get the lifestyle picture or they could potentially get the up close picture. You want to make sure that your images really capture what it is your product is. Yeah, I think you make a really good point. And that's something that people should think about in terms of their product photography, because it's not necessarily going to be the same picture that you might use in your listing picture on Etsy. Like, Mm. You know, to be able to come up in a page of Etsy search and stand out there where there's all these similar products right next to you, but it's a much smaller thumbnail, 
you know, there might be a, a little different angle, like the staging and stuff that you need to think about for Pinterest to fit in with that visual platform. Yeah. I think the thing too to note is that we all want to make our work and what we do really productive and not spend a lot of extra time. But when it comes to the pictures that you're uploading to Etsy for your listings, and then the ones that you're adding to Pinterest, they're just really different. So take the time, take the extra 30 minutes to appeal to each platform, which I know sometimes feels frustrating because it's like we're playing this game. But do what needs to be done for Etsy. And then you can hop over to Pinterest and you can upload your pins directly to Pinterest and link them to your Etsy. Etsy shop. So you have a lot of freedom to get creative with multiple different types of images if you want to play around and test and do a lot of different things on Pinterest that you really can't do on Etsy. Right. You have a lot more freedom. I think the Etsy images are just so small yeah. <laughs> that it makes it kind of hard to be like super creative. You don't want a whole lot of background noise in the picture. So Pinterest is kind of shifting, it seems to me, in terms of what they're really, you know, in the olden days, like mm-hmm. last year, <laughs> it felt like you could just load up your scheduling software with recycled pins and keep doing the same thing over and over again. And that was still going to get you more and more traffic. That seems to kind of be changing. Are you finding that to be true? Yeah, definitely. There's two things that really factored into that. Number one was in 2019, Pinterest went as a public company. And so obviously, they have to appeal to their shareholders, and they have to really be profitable and make money. So one of the things they started to do was figure out ways to keep people on the platform longer, because that could really help benefit those who were buying Pinterest ads, both big and small businesses. So number one, they started to create these ways that they wanted to keep people on. But I think, again, back to that hurdle is Pinterest users are primed to move off. So we always know that Pinterest will kind of have that. Number two... The pandemic. So during this time, Pinterest users doubled and people were using the platform more and more. And Pinterest said, we just need new content instead of the recycled content. So what we saw was when people added a new pin to Pinterest that had never been there before, it got a lot of attention right away. And a lot of those older, maybe recycled ones that we had in our queue just didn't. And so we heard from Pinterest, hey, we have a lot of new users. We want to put your content in front of them, but we need it to be new, which felt kind of frustrating for creators, both product sellers and content creators. But it was really just a shift in how they added freshness to their platform instead of people seeing the same things over and over again in their home feed. So what they did during 2020 is they added um, emphasis on video. And video is great for products, especially if they need to be shown in a dimensional way or what they do. So we saw video views on Pinterest increase drastically. And then we also saw the introduction of story pins. And so story pins are not like Instagram stories. They are very much a how-to or a benefit of whatever the product is or the content is. They do not link. And so it was really frustrating again because people were used to things linking from whatever the pin is to their website. Well, what Pinterest did with the story pins was they wanted a way, again, to keep people on the platform longer. 
I will say this about story pins. In the last year, as they've been really rolling out, what I love about them is they don't go away. So what we see is a lot of people saving them for later, still those same kind of pinner, I guess, habits that they have. They will save these story pins for later. And at the end of the story pin, Pinterest adds this card that prompts people to go to your profile. So we have seen an increase in followers for people and we've seen an increase in direct traffic to people's websites because the intent of the pinner is they still want to get what they want to get and they will find it. And so those have been the huge shifts over the last year and a half or so. Okay. So I want to dive into that a little bit more. Do you see like, because in just looking from the outside as a non Pinterest expert, (laughs) these kinds of things like the story pins, particularly the fact that it's video and that it doesn't link to anywhere seems to me to be sort of a shift more towards a social media platform than a visual search engine like it has been in the past. Do you see Pinterest going in that direction? Or do you think that this is going to be just an evolving situation? And it's yeah, I think that's a, that's a great question. And I think one distinction too, is that story pins don't have to be video. So if people don't have video, and they just have static images, they can certainly still do that instead of uploading kind of the 15 second snippets. But I will say there's two reasons they did it. One, is they're really appealing to Gen Z as one of their fastest growing demographics on the platform. And Gen Z usually doesn't have, they don't put importance on websites as maybe older generations did with the millennials or even Gen X. And so they wanted a place where they could tell a story about something they've created in the version of a story pin that didn't have anywhere to go because they were using TikTok in a certain way. They were using Instagram in a certain way. So number one, it was appealing to really moving with the generations as they saw it. And then number three, I definitely think it appeals to keeping people on the platform longer. But I do think Pinterest recognizes its uniqueness in being a positive place to be. So one of the things we know is that when people go to Pinterest, they really don't talk. You know, you don't see the train wreck comment threads. (laughs) Nobody converses with each other. (laughs) Right. Like it's the introverts platform, right? And Pinterest knows this. And they've said, we know that we are a positive platform. We know that we are a safe space for people to go when they are exhausted from Instagram and Facebook and all these other places where we just see these train wreck conversations. So I think they still appreciate kind of that sacredness of their platform. And they don't want to be, you know, the influencer story pins, but really the helpful thing. So they still harp on that piece of like, show your products, show the ways in which they can really help our pinners. So I think it's like this weird dance and it's definitely evolving. Like you said, I think we'll have to see what Pinterest is going to do over the next year. But we do know that Pinterest is very invested in videos and in story pins. That's been, I read their fourth quarter earnings report and they are definitely going to put a lot of investments there and shop owners. They do want the platform to be a place, they know they're an an informer of the purchase, right? They know that Pinterest is the place where people find those good ideas or those good products. But they want that like timeframe that is the three to six months timeframe. They want that to be shorter. Mm -hmm. So they want product sellers to have people see their products and take action pretty quickly. So they are putting a lot of efforts to add a shop tab 
the Verified Merchant Program, which is specifically set up for shop owners and getting more analytics that do support shop owners. So I think there's a lot that's going to happen this year. And definitely you used a great word. I think it's going to evolve a lot over the year. That's kind of the nature of the internet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think that you make a really interesting observation there or point because, you know, like we've seen Instagram move in that same direction with the shoppable posts and the swipe up and those kinds of things where they're trying to have this place for product or like digital, you know, product-based businesses to bring in sales through the platform. And Instagram has done that in their own way. But Pinterest is uniquely situated to do that in a a different, much more direct way. So it seems like it would be beneficial to them to lean into that since people are used to clicking through and shopping anyway. And you know, we've already noticed a few small changes they've made to especially their Pinterest ads. That has been definitely a huge evolution for their advertising over the last couple of years and how that works with users. And just within the last probably four months, it's now a swipe up instead of a click, a click, a click. So Mm -hmm. it's that same user habit of swipe up. And I think that's what we'll see on story pins. Like, I don't know if they'll have that same. My prediction, if I was to really throw one out there, would be I think story pins will become story ads. And that's how you'll get the swipe up on those ads as opposed to a number of followers. But we'll see how they really play with that and seeing if they eventually link or don't link. Yeah. So speaking of ads, do you think that there is still, you know, for somebody who's just getting started on Pinterest, or maybe they've only used it to like, plan out the workouts that they're never going to use and the healthy meals Mm -hmm. that they're never going to (laughs) cook. Yeah. Taking that to a shift towards a business, you know, mindset towards their Pinterest profile, is there still room in the market or there's still room on the platform to be successful and get that traffic without doing the ads? Or is that kind of much like Facebook, like you pretty much have to run ads if you want to get seen on Facebook? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think it's there yet. I think there's still a lot of room. We have, we actually have the majority of our clients are organic. We also have a paid ad side with clients too. But I will say that there's still plenty of room. We still do see people get success with getting their products seen. To your point in the beginning, as we were talking a little bit about content creation and blogging, a lot of our clients who are product sellers, they have stopped for periods of time blogging or doing any type of that content creation. And we have noticed that product sellers who do a little bit of content creation, if they can, do get greater views overall than people who just continue just to pin products that they have. And we tell people, if you're going to do it, and you, of course, it's really tough. In fact, yesterday in our coaching call, we had a product seller who sells uh, custom charcuterie boards. And she said, I just don't want to blog. I don't want to do it. And I'm like, I get it. I think one of the things that you can do is just do the FAQs, turn your most asked questions into a blog post if you can. Now, if you're just selling on Etsy, we understand that's really tough to do. So you're going to have to get more creative in a lot of your images. But if you can create short, poppy blog posts that really just give more context, that's another thing you can pin to Pinterest. And we've seen people who are product sellers get an extra boost with that as opposed to not having that. Okay. 
So for somebody who doesn't really want, you know, it's like kind of a whole different ballgame to set up a website and stuff if you're selling on Etsy. And that's like your main shoppable platform. So Mm -hmm. if somebody does just have their Etsy shop, do you have tips on how they can maximize their visibility with, you know, obviously recognizing that you're not going to be constantly creating new products or Mm -hmm. you don't have you know, that kind of like a new blog post every week or anything like that. That's just sort of this constant churning of new links. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for that for in terms of the product based stuff? Yeah, definitely. I would say you want to utilize story pins, then let that be a little bit of that quote unquote, like blogging, if you will. Take for instance, let's say you did have the well, I'll take one of our client examples. She does custom handmade tile. So if she is selling these handmade tiles on Etsy, she would go to a story pin and highlight the benefits or the features of a particular tile line that she has. Or even if it was that charcuterie board example that I talked about, showing the different angles in these story pins just to build awareness and hit people in a different place and kind of talk a little bit about... You could even say how to buy how to choose custom tile or what types of gifts you can give for graduation. And it's these different charcuterie boards and different angles. I'm not coming up with great examples, but you get the idea. But I think that that's interesting because it's it kind of, you know, potentially could take the place of what, you know, for example, like I sell monogrammed baby gifts. So mm-hmm. I can take my baby gifts and put it in a gift basket and show what that looks like or show it, you know, as a part of, I get a lot of customer images that they have like a baby shower and it's, you know, it's part of the decorations or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you're like putting this into context for people yeah. versus having to say, you know, like I, in the past, like a long time ago, tried to blog about my Etsy shop and found it to be very, very difficult because I just simply don't have that much to say about monogrammed baby gifts. Right. (laughs) But it sort of takes the place of that to say like, this is how you use the product. Here are the ways that other people have used it. Or here's the quilt that I have and the different font styles shown in a video or whatever. And this doesn't... I mean... I do want to just make the point for people that this can be like iPhone video. It doesn't have to be like you have a professional videographer like following yes. you around all the time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I like to make things super simple because I find that when things are not simple, people won't do it. I won't do it because it feels like it's this huge step to do something. So I love that even how to pick out the best font for your monogrammed baby gift or the top five monogram baby gifts of 2020. And you know, nobody knows who it it, did. You don't have to attach it to your brand or you can, right? It's all these creative ways that you can do a quick story pin and it can be between three and 15 cards. So you can make it as big or as little as you want it to be. But we encourage people, if you're going to do it, try testing it at least every other day on Pinterest, if you can. If not, one to two a week is fine. And then just continue to do it and don't give up after the first three or four when you're like, oh, it's not doing anything. Just keep doing it because we know this year, especially Pinterest is putting a lot of emphasis on story pins and they really do want to encourage people to use them. So it's kind of like if there's a feature on a platform that they are saying use them, like Instagram is promoting reels right now. It's kind of that same thing on Pinterest. They like story pins. They want to see story pins. So do those. And then also you can just do standalone video. 
like a quick 15 second video showing the angle of whatever it is you have. I know that there's been lots of product videos that are less than 30 seconds, simply taken with your phone, that I get to see the context of a product in action. And that really intrigues me because I get to see the dimension of it or in a setting or something like that. And it can be something super simple. So start simple, get elaborate later. But I would say if you don't have a blog, definitely utilize both video and story pins. Yeah. And I think that as a product-based seller, it almost makes it somewhat easier to do video because you're not really having to sell yourself or your face in the video. You can kind of step back from that and just highlight the product. So it doesn't have to be this whole like, okay, now I have my hair done, I have to <laughs> an outfit. And like, you literally can just I mean, I, I made an Instagram story recently of my it was like a time lapse video on my iPhone, which is like a really old broken iPhone. So it's not even like a good camera or anything. Mm-hmm. But it was like a time lapse video of my embroidery machines doing a whole quilt like sped up because it takes, you know, 15 or 20 minutes to stitch out a whole monogram. Mm-hmm. And it got like all these views. I posted it actually on Pinterest and TikTok. Okay. And it got all these views. And it's like, I mean, you know, I didn't have to be in the video. I didn't have to do anything other than just hold the camera there. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that what you just talked about is such a great repurposing of content you already had. It's like you shot a video, it was on just like your phone, your old phone, and then you were able to repurpose it to all these places. And you said something great that I really want people to really take home when it comes to Pinterest is that Pinterest users aren't interested in you. They're not interested in the influencer. They're really interested in your product because their mindset is... I'm looking for a product or I have a problem. I'm looking for a solution in a tutorial or a product or a system. I just want people to give me that. I don't care who's giving it to me. I just really want to find a solution. So that's a little bit of a freeing thing for people who hate being in front of the camera and really want to put their product in front of the camera. Pinterest users love that. So don't feel this... Story pins over there are not about you. They are definitely all about your product. So get as crazy as you want and don't have to do your makeup. Right. And I really want people to hear that because that is something that I hear from so many people in terms of social media, particularly Instagram. You know, so many of us started online businesses and are okay working by ourselves all the time because we're introverts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so to step out from behind the computer and behind the camera and everything and be like, look at me. Don't you want to get to know me? Don't you want me to, you know, take all these pictures of my kids and show them off and stuff like that's really uncomfortable for me. I don't like doing that. And I don't have any desire to be in front of people in that way. But mm-hmm. Pinterest allows you to really stay in that safety zone and still be able to get visibility. Yeah. It's kind of, it is a joy to have it be the introverts platform, right? Like I kind of... For introverts, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Exactly. I Even me and I'm an extrovert. I went on to, I was on Instagram and I was watching one of those train wreck, you know, comment threads and I got off and I popped open Pinterest and it was almost like I exhaled like, okay, we're just going to look around. We're just going to kill some time. And it's just a great platform 
And I think what I'm excited about for product sellers, especially as we go into this year, is knowing that Pinterest is really trying to make that effort to make the sale happen quicker is encouraging to me. So really looking at the stats that are going to be really important, obviously, are how many clicks are you getting from Pinterest? How many people are saving your pin for later? Because you have to remember that that means intent. And it doesn't mean intent right away, but it can be three to six months, even a year down the line. So just make sure that you are looking at the right stats and evaluating what's working and not working. Totally. And be patient. That is what I'm hearing from that, that you cannot do Pinterest for like two weeks and then know whether or not it's working for you. (laughs) Right. I want to say this too. I just did a podcast recently with a product seller and they pointed out something really interesting after they looked at their analytics for a year, whereas they were getting a lot of repeat customers from places like Instagram, but places like Pinterest were a lot of new customers. They didn't get a lot of repeat, but they got a lot of new people. And that I thought was so encouraging for product sellers trying to get new eyeballs on their product, that yeah. Pinterest is a really good place to find those new customers. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Well, Kate, thank you so much for coming today and talking all about Pinterest, teaching us about the changes and where we're headed. If you want to look you up, where can they find you? Yeah, they can go to simplepinmedia.com. We have a lot of free resources and we have the podcast, which is the Simple Pin Podcast. And then I am at Simple Pin Media on all social platforms. Yeah, they can listen to my episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So thank you again for coming and for teaching us. You bet. I hope you enjoyed this episode and enjoyed learning about Pinterest from someone who definitely knows what they are talking about. Just to give you guys a heads up, I will be taking the month of June off of the podcast to hang out with my kids while they are out of school. They're on kind of a weird schedule, so they go back to school in July. Um, So I will be taking the month of June off so that I can really focus on hanging out with them. But I will be back the beginning of July with new episodes and all kinds of new things to talk about. So I will see you back here on the podcast the first week in July. I hope you guys have a wonderful month of June and I will see you soon. 